I'm going to begin with a question. Please answer it correctly. I am out of get out of jail free cards. Has anyone here ever experienced the resurrection of the body? Good, good. I, oh, you did? <laughs> out of the mouths of babes. I've got to be careful. When you ask questions like this, you're bound to get an answer. No, none of us have. Uh, Jesus has, and perhaps the Blessed Mother, some theologians think she has experienced it, but we have yet to experience it, and we are told that at the last judgment, people will be judged finally, and those who are found worthy of heaven will be resurrected into eternal life, and those who are not worthy will be resurrected into damnation, into hell. So that's something in our future, and I don't think we think about it a lot, but really, it's, in one sense, it's the icing on the cake in terms of what God wants for us. It's something wonderful, and we need to think about it, to look forward to it, because that is really going to be the fulfillment of God's plan for all of us, and it's going to be the fulfillment of our heart's desire, because that's going to help us be in a relationship with God that's going to be just amazing. Now, I've asked several friends this question. I said, are you looking forward to heaven? Now, two of them actually said the same thing. They said, I'm not sure. I think I might be bored. <laughs> no, wait, wait. I know, I know. We think we know better. But, you know, as a child, we were told about the beatific vision. And so in my child's mind, I envisioned souls, kind of a oblong, things like that, kind of just staring at God. And I thought, that's it? And I think maybe a lot of us sort of have that, that view that it's a very static experience of heaven. But it's not. It's not. You, if you look at the book of Revelation, what are they doing? They're praising God. They're singing. They're falling down on their faces. It's, it, it's dynamic. People are always in motion. Uh, people are praising the Lord, thanking the Lord, and really fully engaging in the heavenly banquet. So we have to look forward to that. And the resurrection of the body tells us that we're going to have some kind of physicality, that we're not just going to be spirits, but that our bodies will be glorified, raised up like Jesus' body. And so in a bodily way, we will participate in the fullness of life. Now, we know Jesus appeared to the disciples after his resurrection in bodily, resurrected bodily form. He could, they could touch him. They could touch his wounds. It wasn't painful. He suddenly appeared out of nowhere. Uh, he ate with them. So we get an indication of what God wants for us. So when you think about it, it makes sense. Because God created us as creatures, bodily creatures, incarnated creatures. So why wouldn't that somehow participate in the new creation that God has in mind for all of us? Now, you know, the reality of it, I, I kind of make fun of it in some ways. And I say, boy, I'll be able to eat all the best chocolate and never worry. And I'll never have arthritic pain. And, you know, all of those things, which are trivial. But... The reality is, it'll, it'll be all joy. And we will be praising God for all eternity. In fact, St. Augustine says, you better start praising God now, because that's what heaven's going to be like. 
praising God. Or uh, Catherine of Siena said, all the way to heaven is heaven. And she had a hard life, but she knew this God loved her, she loved God, so she didn't worry. She wasn't anxious or upset. She was looking forward to it. So in a sense, she was practicing living in heaven by praising God. So if you want to practice, say thank you, God, praise you, God. That's kind of a practice that we, we can do now as a preparation for heaven and joining with all the angels and saints right now in praising God. So resurrection of the body is key to our Christian belief. And it's good that we have these readings from the second book of Maccabees and from the Gospel of Luke about resurrection because we just celebrated All Saints Day and All Souls Day. So we're we're thinking about death. We're thinking about eternal life. Resurrection is not a Christian idea. It comes from our Jewish brothers and sisters. Not all believe it, but in that second reading from the second book our first reading from the second book of Maccabees, which is part of our canon in our scriptures, it very clearly says that the sons believe in the resurrection. So there's a Jewish book that talks about resurrection. So again, Jesus is simply drawing on the tradition, the beliefs of the Jewish people. Now, at Jesus' time, and that's when we get into the gospel, some Jews did not believe in resurrection. They said, nope, this is it. Once life is over, that's it. And that group was called the Sadducees, and those are the ones that confront Jesus. The Sadducees were, in some ways, illegitimate heirs of the high priests of Jerusalem. They they talk about being descended from the great high priest, but there was broken lines, et cetera, et cetera. But they were in control of the, uh, the temple in Jerusalem. They did not believe in resurrection. They did not believe in angels or spirits. They said, absolutely not. When you die, that's it. The Pharisees, and Paul was a Pharisee, did believe in resurrection, and they did believe in angels. So we have this kind of a clash, and it's because really of the Pharisees that Judaism survives today, because even in exile, the um, ancestors of the Pharisees kept the faith alive. And synagogues were one of their inventions to keep the faith, the Jewish faith, alive. So the Pharisees would have agreed with Jesus and Paul, but the Sadducees did not. They're trying to trip him up, giving him this ridiculous puzzle, which really has nothing to do with anything. But he says, look, there's no giving or taking of marriage in heaven. And why is that? Well, it's because we're going to marry the groom, Jesus Christ. He is the bridegroom. We are the bride So we're going to enter into this wonderful, intimate marriage with Christ for all eternity. And so marriage in this life is kind of a a hint or a symbol or a reflection of what God wants for all of us. So we're talking again about a dynamic desire on God's part to be fully engaged with him for all eternity. And again, resurrection of the body is part of it. So... We need to keep remembering that because I think we can kind of put our, our blinders on and people are afraid of dying. They don't know what it's going to be like. Of course, nobody knows dying because, what, it's a moment when the, the body stops. But we're, we're always concerned, you know, am I going to be holy enough, so forth and so on. Well, that's the devil trying to make us nervous because God has given us everything we need to be holy people. 
when we sin, we confess our sins to God. He takes them the way, away. He puts them behind himself so he doesn't remind us of those sins. Uh, he tells us how we are called to live our lives. And it can all be reduced to love God, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the law and the prophets. So we know, really, as individuals and as a community, what we need to do in order to prepare ourselves or to live our lives according to the law, law of God so that we can anticipate and look forward to in a joyful way to being resurrected at the end of time. And that's a good thing to think about. It's a good thing to think about, yes, I'm going to die. Uh, what am I doing to prepare for it now? And not in some gloomy way, but in some joyful way maybe to simplify our lives, to put things aside that take too much of our time so that we can devote more time to prayer with God and serving my brothers and sisters. And the more we do that, we're really simply emulating Jesus. As I said in the past, if we want to know how to live our lives, look at Jesus. What did he do? He didn't say stay in his home, didn't have a home. He didn't have luggage. He went everywhere to teach people, to heal people, to feed people, to raise people from the dead, and all of those things to get people's attention to say, hey, God has something wonderful in mind for you. Come along, join him. So that's what we need to do as well, to remember that God has it all under control. He's giving us every good gift we could possibly want, so that not only do we not have to be afraid of death and dying, but that we can actually look forward to it. And I'm sure you've read the lives of saints where they're, they're kind of saying, come on, God, take me, take me. Because they really believed in the promises of Jesus Christ. So we're in the same situation. We're still in the flesh. We have our aches and our pains. We have our worries. Uh, we wonder about what life is going to be later and in eternal life. But we have it all in Scripture, the teachings of the church, so that we know if we are faithful, if we're righteous, we will share in the resurrection of the just and share at all these wonderful images that we get from Scripture at the eternal banquet. You know, heaven's described as a wedding banquet. Wow, it goes on for days. You know, what, you know, these are what we're supposed to be looking at and saying, yeah, I'd like to be part of that. And God offers us the um, entrance into heaven if we are faithful. But again, that's part of the good news. And I don't think many people... Christians in general probably think about what God has in store for us, or specifically resurrection. But that's great news. And so that's one way in which we can engage other people to ask them, you know, how's your life going? Um, do you have any worries or fears? And then we can talk about what Jesus has in mind for us, that he has everyone in his mind. He wants all of us to be saved, and he wants all of us his followers, to participate in proclaiming the good news of salvation, to take it out into a world where there's so much evil and darkness and bring the light and the joy that God has given to us. So we got an awful lot of work to do. I know everybody's thinking about the, the um, election on Tuesday. and this. It, it doesn't matter, really, what happens in one sense. Because if we've got the good news of salvation, and we do, that's the greatest gift we could have. And are we using it? Are we using that gift to bring about great things in the world? So with God, sky's the limit, figuratively, literally, 
and he wants us to be with him for all eternity. But right now, while we're still in the flesh, in this life, we're called to go out and share that good news with other people, to let them know there is a God who loved them, who is uniquely loved by God, so that other people will see that there is more to life than maybe the problems of life, but rather this great, great gift that God is offering to each of us. So again, as you go forth this week, think about who you're going to encounter. Who do you know that might need an uplift, who might need a little insight into the gospel message? And also keep your, your radar open to people maybe you don't know, but you have a sense of they need a good word. They need some kind of uh, opening to the Lord, and you may be providing that so that when we are resurrected, who knows, those people may come up to us and say, because you spoke the gospel to me, I am here today. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It would be, and it's, and it's very likely that we will do that if we keep our eyes focused on Jesus and continue to do his work in the world. So again, as you go forth, you're going to get lots of opportunities, more than you could possibly grab, but think of how you might uh, use one or two of them to talk about the good news of salvation, which ultimately culminates in, for us in the resurrection of the body.